0: the world's great novel. And now, a few scenes of the merry yuletide season in the England of the early 19th century by an author unsurpassed in his ability to capture that spirit and endow his characters with it. The National Broadcasting Company presents The Christmas Chapters from Charles Dickens' Pickwick Papers, another in our series of books that live, the world's great novels.
1: And so, my friends, Christmas is with us again, the season of hospitality, merriment, and open-heartedness. The time when the old year is preparing, like an ancient philosopher, to call his friends around him, and amidst the sound of feasting and revelry, to pass gently and calmly away. And it was in this spirit that the four honorable members of the Pickwick Club left London to spend the holidays with the Wardle family and other friends at Manor Farm in Dingley Dell. As the Muggleton coach rumbles over the wide open country, the Pickwickians sit well wrapped in great coats and comforters. The two gentlemen to the left are Mr. Augustus Snodgrass and Mr. Nathaniel Winkle. On the right hand we have Mr. Tracy Tupman, the too susceptible Tupman, who, in spite of his experience and mature years, is still the victim of the most interesting and pardonable of human weaknesses—love. Time and feeding have expanded that once romantic form. But the soul of Tupman has known no change. Admiration of the fair sex is still its ruling passion. And his thoughts dwell happily upon Mr. Wardle's spinster sister Rachel, in whose presence he shall soon be basking. And last but certainly not least, that gentleman nearest the window, the bald head... The circular spectacles and twinkling eyes belong to Samuel Pickwick himself, the leader of this illustrious and select group. Now they've reached their destination and the holiday is about to begin. You and I shall treat these merry days as one does a heavy laden table, sampling the choicest bits here and there. It being beyond our power to experience the whole of it.
2: Ah, gentlemen!
1: As Mr. Pickwick alights from the coach, followed by his faithful servant, Sam Weather, he comes face to face with Mr. Wardle's favorite, page, better known by the distinguishing appellation of the, the Fat Boy.
2: Aha! Fat Boy! Aha! Mr. Pickwick! I see you're fatter than ever, and you look rosy enough, my young friend. I've been asleep in front of the taproom fire at the Blue Lion, awaiting the coach. The master sent me over with the Shea Cart to carry your luggage up to the house. Fine, fine. And how is everyone at the house? Uh, all's well, sir. Gentlemen, here. lawdrash, winco, yeah, Pickwick.
1: See who has been sent to meet us.
2: Uh-huh. Oh, Fat boy. Oh, uh-huh. Oh. Uh-huh. Sirs, uh, welcome to Dingley Dell. Oh, thank you, and glad we are to be here. The fat boy was just reporting, all well at the house, fine spirits. Uh, have all the other guests arrived, fat boy? I should hope, sir, else there mayn't be enough food for the servants. <laughs> <laughs> I think Mr. Winkle's interest centers in one particular guest, fat boy. Has the lovely Miss Arabella Allen appeared? Uh, yes. In shiny new boots with fur around the tops. (laughs) The whole group of them is out walking in the fields now. Uh, Mr. Wardle. His two daughters, Miss Emily and Miss Isabella, ever so many. Uh, and, uh, and tell me, fat boy, is Mr. Wardle's sister in the walking party? Uh, the spinster aunt, Miss Rachel? Uh, aye, sir. Oh, the young in heart are never old. Well, Mister Ardrat, since Mr. Tupman pines for Miss Rachel, and Mr. Winkle for the lovely Arabella, and we have a healthy wish to see our friends. I suggest we walk forward at once. <laughs> style. Brother should have taken a different style. These styles do terrify me. Don't they do, Mr. Tuttle? Oh, why, no, Miss Wardle. I... Oh, of course. I forget how brave and strong you are. Oh, well, if I may take your hand to assist you. <laughs> oh, sir. well. If no one is watching. Only your two nieces, but I see Mr. Snodgrass is assisting them. Oh, yes, my niece. Now, Emily. But, oh, Mrs. Oh, a They oh, raise their voices. Young girls have such spirits. Oh, they have. It's quite delightful. <laughs> you may let go of my hand now. Oh, Mr. Tuftly. Hey? I'm quite safe on the ground. Uh, oh, yes. Oh, pardon me. Um, tell me, Mr. Tuftly. Do you think my dear niece is pretty? Why, should, if their aunt wasn't here. <laughs> oh, he's not a man. <laughs> uh, but really, if their complexions were a little better, don't you think they would be nice-looking girls by candlelight? Uh, yes, I think they would. <laughs> oh, you see? i you're going to say? What? You were going to say that Isabel stoops. I know you were. You men are such observers. Why? Well, so she does. It can't be denied. And certainly, if there is one thing more than another that makes a girl look ugly, it is stooping. Uh... I often tell her that when she gets a little older, she'll be quite frightful. <laughs> oh, well, you are a queen. Oh, what a sarcastic smile. I declare I'm quite afraid of you. Afraid of me? Oh, you can't disguise anything from me. I know what that smile means very well. Uh, What? Uh, You mean... You mean that you don't think Isabella's stooping is as bad as Emily's boldness. Uh, Uh, Well, she is bold. You cannot think how wretched it makes me sometimes. I'm sure I cry about it for hours together. My dear brother is so good and so unsuspicious that he never sees it. If he did, I'm quite certain it would break his heart. Yes. Oh, I wish I could think of his only manner. I hope it may be, Miss but... <laughs> Isabella is coming toward oh, us. Uh, oh, yes, my dear love. Oh, I'm so afraid you'll catch cold on. Have my silk handkerchief to tie round your dear head. <gasps> you really should take care of yourself. Consider your age. Oh.
1: Now we shall leave Miss Wardle and Mr. Tupman and look upon other scenes of this Pickwickian Christmas. After a hearty dinner that night came the ball. The best sitting room at the manor farm was a good, long, dark paneled room with a high chimney piece. At the upper end of the room, seated in a shady bower of holly and evergreens, were the two best fiddlers in all Muggleton. The carpet was up, the candles burnt bright, the fire blazed and crackled on the hearth, and merry voices and light-hearted laughter rang through the room. If anything could have added to the interest of this agreeable scene, it would have been the remarkable fact of Mr. Pickwick's appearing without his gaiters for the first time within the memory of his oldest friend. <laughs>
2: You mean to dance? Of course I do. Don't you see I'm dressed for that purpose? Beckle, silk stockings, smartly tied pumps. <laughs> yes, Mr. Pickwick. You are indeed dressed for the purpose. And you and silk stock? And why not, sir? Why not, Mr. Tupman? Of course, there's no reason why you shouldn't wear them. I imagine not, sir. I imagine not. Uh, they're a pretty patterns. I hope they are. You see nothing extraordinary in these stockings? Yes. As stockings, I trust, them? Uh, certainly not. Uh, certainly not, sir. Then I believe we are all ready. Let us have the music. <laughs> I, I I shall start to read. What's the matter? Oh, I tell you, never make such a good start again. Where is Arabella Ellen? Where is Arabella? I we begin can't begin without her. her. And Bartle is Winkle. Yes. Winkle. 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 Uh. Here we are. Aha. Uh-huh. Sitting quietly in the corner. <laughs> what an extraordinary thing it is, Winkle, that you couldn't have taken your place before. Not at all extraordinary. Well, on, on second thought, looking at Arabella, well, I. I don't know that it was extraordinary after all. Eh, gentlemen. Dental... Oh, <laughs>
1: guest dance, let us glance into the kitchen, where Sam Weller has engaged the fat boy in conversation. So you say, the family has games in the kitchen later tonight, eh?
2: Always on Christmas Eve. That master wouldn't neglect to keep it up on any account. Your master's a very pretty notion of keeping anything up. I never seen such a regular gentleman. Oh, that he is. And don't he breed nice pork. I'll tell you what, you young boa-constructor. If you don't sleep a little less and exercise a little more, when you comes to be a man, you'll be laying yourself open to the same sort of personal inconvenience as was inflicted on the old, old gentleman as wore the pigtail. Well what happened to him? I'm going to tell you. He was one of the largest patterns as was ever turned out. Regular fat man as hadn't caught a glimpse of his own shoes for
1: five and forty years.
2: Oh!
1: That he hadn't. And if he'd put an exact model of his own legs on the dining table before him, he wouldn't have known them. Well, he always walks to his office with a weary,
2: handsome gold watch, chain and a gold watch in his fob pocket as was worth... Yeah, I'm afraid to say how much, but as much as a watch can be... You'd better not carry it their watch says the old gentleman's friends. You'll be robbed on it, says they. Uh, shall I, says he? Yes, you will, says they. Well, says he, I should like to see the thief as could get this here watch out. For I'm blessed if I ever cared. It's such a tight fit. And whenever I want to know what's o'clock, I'm obliged to stare into the baker's shop, says he. But it last one day... The old gentleman was a strolling along when up came a pickpocket and a little boy. The little boy rushes straight-head foremost into the old gentleman's stomach and for a moment doubles him right up with the pain. Man, says is the old gentleman. All right, sir, says the pickpocket, helping him to straighten up. But when he comes straight again, the watch and chain were gone. And what's worse than that, that old gentleman's digestion was all raw ever afterwards, to the very last day of his life. So just you look about you, young feller, and take care you don't get too fat. And I might say the old gentleman's story holds a moral for nigh everyone around this time of feasting. I... I'm so worn from fright at the story... I'll have to cut me a piece of mince pie to keep me going.
1: When the ball ended, all the guests repaired to the kitchen, where they joined the servants in swapping stories as they sat about the blazing fire and drank from the water. (laughs) And uh, it is feared that some of the party drank perhaps a bit too much. For example, Mr. Pickwick, who held a conversation with himself upon awakening the next morning.
2: Mr. Pickwick? Yes, sir. Do you have a confused recollection of having severally and confidentially invited somewhere about five and forty people to dine with you at the George and Vulture the first time they come to London? I fear I have such a recollection, sir. Then I consider, sir, that is a pretty certain indication that you took something besides exercise on the night fast. Yes, come in. Good morning, sir, and a Merry Christmas. Oh, yes, uh, yes, and thank you, Sam. The same to you. I'll put your warm water on the table, sir. Well, Sam, is it a frosty Christmas? Water in the wash basins of mosque ice, sir. Mm, Severe weather, Sam. Fine time for them and this well wrapped up, as the polar bear said to
1: himself when he was practicing his skating. True, true, yes, true.
2: I shall be down in a quarter of an hour, Sam. Very good, sir. Uh-oh, there's a couple of sawbones downstairs. A couple of what? A couple of sawbones, sir. What's a sawbones? bones What? Don't you know what the Sorbels is, sir? I'm not the least abashed to admit I do not. Oh, but I thought everybody knew that Sorbels was a, a surgeon. Oh, a surgeon, eh? Oh, just that, sir. These here ones, as is below, they're like, the regular sort of bread, Sorbels. They're only in training. In other words, they're medical students, I suppose. In other words, sir, one is the brother of Miss Arabella Allen, and Cutter is his friend. Capital, capital. I'm glad they're here. They're fine fellows, Sam. Fine fellows. You haven't yet seen them, sir. Nevertheless, I know they're very fine fellows, with judgments matured by observation and reflection and tastes refined by reading and study. I'm very glad about it. They're smoking cigars by the kitchen fire. Ah, just what I like to see. And one on them, one on them's got his legs on the table and is drinking brandy neat, while the other one, Him and the barnacles had got a barrel of oysters between his knees, which he's opening like steam. And as fast as he eats them, he takes aim with the gels at the fat boy sleeping in the chimney corner. Eccentricity is a genius, Sam. Eccentricity is a genius. I must hurry down to meet them. Well, here he is at last. Merry Christmas, my dad. Merry Christmas. Pickwick, this is Miss Allen's brother, Mr. Benjamin Allen. Pass me those oysters, Bob. No need to hog them all. I don't. Then we call him, and so may you, if you like. Uh, Ben. Huh? Oh, yes. Uh, Mr. Samuel Pickwick. Honored, oh, sir. I do, do, sir. Oh, Bob, you almost hit the boy that time. Uh, this gentleman here is Mr. Allen's very particular friend, Mr... Mr. Bob Sawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I seem to have missed out on a bit of humor. Oh, no, no, we often laugh while eating. Good for the digesting. Oh, I see. Well, I'm honored, Mr. Sawyer. Friend, sir. Half the spice beef, then. I can. Well, Pickwick, we had might as well partake of some breakfast ourselves. Yeah, better set to it if you have to get any. We've got great appetites. Brent, there you go. Ah. Splendid morning, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. That's the mushroom, Ben. Ah. Have you come far this morning, gentlemen? Yeah. Blue lion at Muggleton. Oh, you should have joined us last night. Mm. So we should. But the brandy was too good to leave in a hurry, wasn't it, Ben? Ah. Yeah. And the cigars were not bad or the pork chops either, were they, Bob? Decidedly not. <laughs> the very thought of that food renews my appetite for this breakfast. Well, take away, Bob. So I do, Ben. Yeah. You know... Uh, there's nothing like dissecting to give one an appetite. Hey, please pop that bow. Right. 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 Hush, gentlemen, Pray. Right. I, I right. see a right. ah. lady <laughs> approaching. Well, if it isn't my dear sister. Oh, and Mister Winkle. Why, Ben, I didn't expect to see you. Merry Christmas, Arabella. Well, why are you here? Come to take you home tomorrow. Oh, no. And the fame of the food at Manor Farm is not to be laughed at. Oh, Ben. Oh. Don't you see Bob Sawyer, Arabella? Your old friend, Bob. Lovely as ever, Arabella. I'm pleased to see you, Mr. Sawyer. <coughs> oh, mm-hmm. oh, Ben, dear, have uh, have you been introduced to Mr. Winkle? Oh, I've not been, but I should be very happy to be, Arabella. Uh, uh, my brother, Ben, Mr. Winkle. Winkle, your servant, sir. And this is my very particular friend, Mr. Bob Sawyer. Cheerio. how do you do? Well, you two look rosy and healthy. I, I gather you had a brisk morning walk. Oh, yes, Mr. Pickwick. It's delightful out if one keeps walking. Uh, to keep up the circulation? Oh. Circulation. <laughs> Blood. I say, if any of you feel the necessity of being bled, I'm just your man. Right, oh, Bob's a capital bleeder. Oh, Ben, please. Uh, don't tell me you're a queasy person, Mr. Wiggle. Not in the slightest, sir. Well, I suggest you two sit down and have a bit of breakfast. You must be ready for it after your long tramp. And I insist that the lovely Arabella sit next to me. Well, I... It's
1: been too long since last we saw each
2: other. Allow me. Thank you. Huh. Aren't you going to sit down with us, Mr. Winkle? Uh, yes, I was... In... Oh, there's a vacant chair between Mr. Snodgrass and Ben. Thank you so much.
1: hatred struck to Mr. Winkle's heart every time he glanced at Bob Sawyer and Arabella sitting together. And when Mr. Sawyer openly placed his hand over that of the fair young woman, Mr. Winkle put an oyster shell and all into his mouth, was on the point of swallowing it before realizing his mistake. He lived on the hope that after church he would be able to get Arabella to himself again. But alas, as things turned out, it was a luckless day for Mr. Winkle. Mr. Winkle. It was after a substantial lunch had been done justice to, that Mr Pickwick said
2: Now, what say you to an hour on the ice? We shall have plenty of time. Oh, okay, Uh, On the uh, ice, ice skating, Winkle. Capital idea. Fine. Uh, Uh, You skate, of course, Winkle. Uh, Oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, But I'm uh, rather out of practice. I'm not sure that I should. Oh, do skate, Mister Winkle. I like to see it so much. I'm sure you're quite swan-like on skating. Really, Miss Allen. Come, come, Winkle. Don't be modest. Uh, Oh, it's not that. I you wouldn't disappoint our fair Arabella. Oh, please, Mister Winkle. It's so graceful a sport. I should be uh, very happy, I'm sure. But I have escaped. Don't worry on that account, sir. We have half a dozen pair downstairs. Uh, Really? Oh, Oh, how delightful. Now you have no excuse. Well, that seems that way, doesn't it? Well, come along then. Though I admit I don't like the idea of your showing
1: me up, Winkle. Mm the way to a large sheet of ice which Mr. Weller and the fat boy had swept clean of snow. Mr. Bob Sawyer adjusted his skates with a dexterity which to Mr. Winkle was perfectly marvelous and performed many astonishing figures to the excessive satisfaction of the ladies. All this time, Mr. Winkle, with his face and hands blue with the cold, was struggling to get his skates on.
2: I say, Winkle, come on, honey, I, I'm not waiting till i am exhausted my bag of drinks and then show me up. Winkle, I'm waiting till i to exhausted you. to watch you. I don't believe these snakes hit me. Can't get them on. Yes, sir, I'll help you with them. Oh no, Bob. I really think it's useless. Don't bother. I quite a misfit. Misfit nothing, sir. You've been trying to put the skates on with the points behind. Oh, well. (laughs) So I have. Oh, dear me. How could I have been so stupid? Picks me, sir, you ever managed to get these straps so tangled. Well, I have. Ah. Now then, sir. (laughs) Off with you and show them how to do it. Sam, stop! Uh, what's the matter? How slippery it is, Sam! It's not an uncommon thing at high sets. Sir, oh, 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 sir. you almost landed on your back. Well, sir. He's a uh, uh, very awkward skates, aren't he, Sam. And I fear there's an awkward gentleman in him, sir. Winkle! Uh, yes, Come now, the ladies are all anxiety to see you give us a one like exhibition as Miss Arabella would. Yes, yes, I, I'm, I'm coming at to begin. Now, sir, start off. No! <laughs> Sam, Sam. Well, you've got to let go of me, sir, You help this guy. Uh, no, no, uh, just just stop a moment. I have something to tell you. Yes, sir. Why, uh, uh, oh, I have a couple of coats at home that I don't want, Sam. Yes, that's it. Uh, you may have them, Sam. Uh, thank you, you? sir. Uh, never mind touching your hat, Sam. You needn't take your hand away to do that. You're all right. Hey, you go, sir. No, no, wait, wait. I, I I, meant to give you five shillings this morning for a Christmas box, Sam. I'll give it to you this afternoon, Sam. You're very good, sir. Yes, just hold me at first, Sam, will you? There. That's right, that's right. I shall soon get in the way of it, Sam. Help. Not so fast, Sam. Not so fast. We're going like a snail, <laughs> sir. And, and, and not too far out, Sam. No. Yes, they left the edge, sir. Yeah. You never look like a swan, sir. A bit double like that. Sam. Oh, hey, yes, Mr. Pickwick. Yeah, I want you. Yes, sir. Yeah, don't let uh, do. Let go, Mr. Pickwick. Hey, don't, nope. don't you hear the governor <laughs> of the and I need you more than he does, no, sir, 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 really, really a... no, sir. I you to do not leave me, Don't go, sir. Oh, Oh, no, no. Oh, I'm sliding! I can't stop. I, I, I'll kill myself. Then I'm going to run into choices. the fire. Look out for you. Oh, Oh, Dr. Oh, oh, oh.
0: oh,
2: oh, oh, winkle. Are you hurt? Oh, yeah. oh. Oh, not much. You, Bob? Oh, not a scratch. Landed on top of Winkle. Oh. I wish you'd let me bleed you, Winkle. No, thank you. I really think you'd better. Thank you. I'd rather not. What do you think, Mr. Pickwick? I think he should have his skates removed at once so he can stand up. Sam. Yes, sir? Take his skates off. Yes, sir. No, no, no. But really, I had scarcely begun. And scarcely was too much. Take his skates off, Sam. Yes. I still think it's a (laughs) capital idea to bleed him. I'd rather not discuss it. Now pick him up, Sam. (laughs) Oh oh uh oh no oh Uh, there. See? You're in very bad shape, old fellow. Uh, I am neither in bad shape nor your old fellow. Step over here, if you will, Mr Winkle. I'd like a word with you. Yes, yes. Yes, Mr. Pickwick? You are a humbug, sir. A what? A humbug, sir. I will speak plainer, if you wish it. An imposter, sir. You have disgraced the Pickwick Club. I, sir? You, sir, pretending that you could skate. Imposter. Humbug. This shameful exhibition shall be recorded in our journals for all the world to read, sir. I say, Pickwick, how about trying the ice slide? You do slide, don't you? Not since I was a boy, not in the last 30 years. Oh, what's the difference? It's great sport. Yes, Come yes, along. Yes, well, perhaps I might just... Good. Winkle, I leave you to consider your folly, sir. I shall, sir. Here I come. Uh, we will let you go first, Pickwick. I know Gerrard, sir. Very well, sir. Very well. Here you go. Here you go. Here Oh, Mr. Here you and Here kind of you floating on the surface. Here oh. I'll leave the hugs gone down. Down. Oh, I think I can say. To the rest, oh, Look, look. A head is coming out of the hole. <laughs> now a face. It's Pickwick. Hurrah. The fellow's still running his spectacles. <laughs> Keep yourself up for an instant, Pickwick, and we'll get you out. Just hang on. <laughs> Do you feel the bottom there, old fellow? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I fell upon my back. The water's not over three feet well, deep. deep. Girl, hey, the great Samuel Pickwick our leader. Help him out. We <laughs> carry him
1: back to the house. hero! <laughs> Mr. Pickwick was confined to his room for the remainder of that Christmas Day, but this did not disturb him, as all the guests assembled there and a grand carouse was held in honor of his safety and as a last fling of holiday celebration. The jovial yuletide party broke up next morning. Mr. Pickwick and his friends once more took their seats in the Muggleton coach. If you are wondering what it was Mr. Winkle whispered to Arabella Allen at their departure, I cannot say, but I do know he said nothing at all to his traveling companions for a good eight and twenty miles, and that his sighs were indeed heart-rending. If our observant lady listeners can deduce any satisfactory inferences from these facts, we beg them to do so. And thus write their own special ending to the Christmas chapter of the Pickwick Papers.
0: Quick Papers by Charles Dickens is one of the world's great novels brought to you each week by the National Broadcasting Company. Listen next week to the first episode of a four part treatment of Wuthering Heights by Emily Bronte. And remember that there is a world of information and entertainment to be found in your local public library. To enhance your enjoyment of this series, we recommend the Handbook of the World's Great Novels, which you may obtain by sending 25 cents to World's Great Novels. Post Office Box 30, Station J, New York 27, New York. That's Post Office Box 30, Station J, New York 27. The Christmas chapters of the Pickwick Papers was adapted for radio by Agnes Eckhart. The music was composed by Emil Soderstrom and the orchestra was directed by Bernard Burquist. The entire production was under the direction of Homer Heck. Philip Lord was featured as Samuel Pickwick. Mr. Tupman was played by Arthur Peterson. Mr. Snodgrass by George Kluge and Mr. Winkle by Sidney Elstrom. Arabella Allen was played by Geraldine Kaye, And Rachel Wardle by Hilda Graham. The narration was by John Barkley. Sam Weller was played by Jack Lester. Bob Sawyer by Charles Mountain. Ben Allen by Cliff Norton. And the Fat Boy by Johnny Coons. This is John Conrad. This program comes to you from Chicago and is a presentation of the National Broadcasting Company and its affiliated independent stations. Today, many nations stand at the crossroads between free government and dictatorship. Those who still aspire to freedom look to America as a beacon and an example. It is up to us to prove that the democratic form of government does work, by taking an active part in the affairs of our nation, state, and community. Freedom is your business. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.